The Gold Circle is recorded on the land of the Yagara and Turrbal people, and we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Welcome to the Gold Circle, Australia's number one netball podcast. I am your host, Nick Bleekera, and with me, for the most part, is Abby McCulloch. Hey there. Uh, guess who's not here? It's Luke. I, I love that he is just not shown, like he's not showing up to class now, and I think he's, he's going to get expelled. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's threatened by my sudden arrival, and he just knows if he just leaves himself, he won't get fired. Yeah, I, I mean, there's been tension in the post-show meetings um, over the last couple of weeks, and it's just it, it came to a head, and Luke's just not responsive. No, I'm just showing. Luke's um <laughs> Luke's very busy at the moment, so I managed to uh, get Abby out of her schedule for uh, at least a ten minutes, um, just to sort of discuss our guest on this episode, which is Liz Watson, who graciously joined the show and Abby wasn't a part of the actual interview. <laughs> um, but Abs, I know that when we were talking um, before we actually got Liz on and then also after that you had a couple of things that you wanted to share about your experiences playing, um, you know, against um, Liz. Yeah. So I figured I'd give you the floor because I'm genuinely curious. Well, thank you. Well, I'm actually really disappointed I wasn't able to actually get on and chat with Liz because, you know, I think, Definitely towards the back end of my career, the person I disliked playing the most would have been Liz. And <laughs> I think the reason for that, and yeah, like she's just, well, one, she's obviously the best wing attack centre yeah. in the country at the moment, being being vice-captain for the Diamonds. But, you know, she's just so strong and she plays a very different game to most wing attacks. And, you know, where, you know, most wing attacks will, you know, use their change of direction to, to create space for themselves, she just run through you pretty much because she's so strong and it's just so hard to stop. And, you know, I always thought I was a pretty strong strong player and could hold my ground. But, you know, whenever we played the Vixens, I always found myself out of play or sometimes even sitting on the bench because I wasn't doing the job. So, yeah, she's, I find her very difficult to play against and I'm sure most wing defenders would agree. <laughs> is there, Was there something, like, is she quiet on the court? Um, I don't know. I'm pretty... I, me personally, when I'm playing, I'm pretty focused in on you know my job and yeah. my teammates. So I, I don't really hear much about what's really happening between the other team and their players, yeah. unless you know it's, it's specific to what they're about to set up in you know attack off the center pass or whatever. But um, I do know that. Well, let me put it this way: when you're playing with Kate Maloney, anyone's quiet because she does a lot of talking for their team <laughs> on, at center. So <laughs> she might be loud, but. Compared to Kate Maloney, she's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, I do remember, like, uh, for Kate Maloney specifically, and we talk about her on the show, actually, because we, we're sitting there just absolutely gutted that she's hardly ever selected for the Diamonds. But yeah. we, uh, we, I do remember how they do, like, Channel 9 used to do those, like, little things where they were, like, um, you know, mic'd up. So it's usually Laura Langman or Kate Maloney because both of them are the most yeah. vocal people on planet Earth when it comes to playing on the court. And, yeah, I just... I've, she, Liz, Liz, to me, came across as someone who's just very humble and obviously incredibly um, wonderful as well. But I, it's not at all surprising that she's running people off the court because she's just such a phenomenal yeah. wing attack, hey? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, I don't actually know Liz personally. Like, uh, she's younger than me, so we never crossed over at state or nationals or anything like that. But um, from all accounts that I hear from the girls that play with her that I know quite well is that, yeah, she's a wonderful girl off the court and you know that makes it even worse on the court when you just want to beat her even more and she you can't so it just makes me very upset that she, 
that I can't beat her. Um, but yeah, she. I always found her so hard to play against. Was there a way that you guys would attempt to try and defend her? Yeah, we. You know, the attempt or the <laughs> the talk before games was always to keep her off the circle and get big hands up over her because you know she's lethal. She gets on the circle and it's an easy ball in for her, but she can also throw a long ball in. And um, in the words of um, Sue Gordian, she loves the Macaulay Coke and home alone, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if the goalkeeper's on the goal shooter or not. She, she can get the ball to, to the, her goal shooter from anywhere. So um, that's why she's so lethal. So, yeah, the goal was always to keep her as far away as possible from the circle, but um, not not often doable, yeah. to be honest. She, she, I, I do like her passing is just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, that's obviously why she's being represent, like she's representing the country, but also why the Vixens yeah. have been so good over the last couple of years. So um, I, I, it's going to be really exciting to, to for people to hear her insights into what, what the Vixens are going to try and do to get over that hump, because that was one of the things that we spoke about was um, how do the Vixens get over the premiership hump? Because they just, yeah. they haven't been able to do it since what, 2014, I think was the last premiership. So yeah. Um, and you know, you look at their team and they're, you know, it's a, it's a great team. They're stacked. They've all been playing together for so long and, there's just, yeah, there's something missing. And so I'll be really interested to hear what, what she thinks it is that is missing. But, you know, like they've been together for such a long time and most of them have been playing together since they were teenagers. So yeah. um, they really need to find something this year, I think. Otherwise, it, you know, really is back to the drawing board and what are they going to do to change it up? Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. It's just like the, the, the team works so well in the regular season and then when it comes to the finals, it's just sort of falls, falls apart really. And yeah. like you said, I, I, I don't know what, they would be doing after if like if things i mean again this we also talk about the the asterisks on this season being a good and a bad thing but uh, yeah I, I don't really know but again liz was her insights um here over the the 30 minutes that we got to, to chat to her were um were incredible she's um a, a very uh, wonderful speaker and wonderful person so uh, yeah. i abs hasn't actually listened to the episode yet which i'll send you a no, copy so <clears throat> i'll send you a copy before we go live but um it's uh it's a it's a great episode so yeah i'm gutted that you you, you weren't there abs but we did have a chat to her and we did try we're going to try and organize to have her come on a bit later um in the oh, year perfect. yeah so hopefully we're going to get a part two of liz watson where we can de- deconstruct a shortened season a long season who knows what's going to happen to be honest so yeah, but look, um, Abs, thanks so much for, for your insights. Um, I hope, listeners, that you really enjoy the episode. But always, as always, you can get us on facebook.com forward slash the goal circle. Come and chat to us. We're posting stuff every single day. We're still waiting news on the drawer and stuff like that. Everything that we've heard is that it's still going ahead, apparently, according to all clubs. But you just don't know where yeah. and when. So, or how, um, yeah. or for how long, or anything like that. So <laughs> it's going to be very intriguing. Yeah, I honestly have uh, no, I don't think anyone has an, an idea, to be completely honest. Um, Liz also mentioned that they really don't have much of an idea. Um, and, and that's it, not just her media person telling you, telling her to tell you that. No. They literally have no idea. Yeah, which is just, it's really scary. And the season starts in like 10 days. Goodness me. Yeah, it's close. Oh, my God. Um, and you can get us on Twitter at BLT underscore 86 for Luke at Bleakster, B-L-E-E-K-S-T-E-R for myself. I've been posting lately, but I will, I promise. And Abby, yours is, I keep forgetting, I always ask this. It's Abby underscore McCullough, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Some, I, I need some. to get around my social to get better. <laughs> yeah, honestly, sometimes I forget mine. And I, I haven't posted something since January, I think. So. Oh, look <laughs> at you. I'm shocking. You're going to have the I'm biggest comeback on Twitter. <laughs> well, I need to. Yeah, see, it's, it's going to be amazing. Um, so we're all, I'm looking forward to that. Is that uh, hopefully it comes back before, um, you know, the Nepal season comes back. I'll, I'll be excited to see that. Just that, that, that one tweet that just reminds everyone that you, you still exist. 
Do you know what I mean? Well, sometimes I, I I need to feel for myself because I'm very honest and not everyone likes honesty. So I've just found if I just stay away, it's probably just the best. Yeah, some, sometimes yeah, sometimes it's okay. Just it's to keep your keep your opinion uh, inside the doors rather than outside in the uh, yeah. in the open market. But uh, yeah, anyway, listeners, um, you get us on email as well, thegoldcircle at gmail.com. Send us uh, any emails or requests or anything like that. Um, we did mention um one of the clubs um over in the UK. Ask for a shout out. We are shouting out your clubs. So if you do have any local clubs or teams that you want us to shout out, please drop us a line on um on our socials, the Gold Circle Pod on Instagram. Um, on email as well and on Facebook messages. Luke usually checks those, but I check them as well. Um, you can tell the difference between Luke and my responses because mine are very professional <laughs> and Luke's are just, you know, lowercase filled with emojis. So, um, but that's, you know, I'm not taking away from Luke. He provides the entertainment. I provide the, I don't know, the administration side of things. So, um, but yeah, anyway, that'll do us um, for this week, guys. We should be back next week with some um, international coverage and obviously might, we might do a podcast um, about what's going on with the season once we work out what's going on with the season. So um, once we get that more more of that info, we'll be sharing that with you. But Abs, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for coming on and um, giving me yeah. 10 minutes to go through um, why Liz Watson is such a pain in a good way on the court. Pain, yeah. Pain is probably nice way of putting it. Yeah, meant, meant lovingly, <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Um, of course. But yeah, anyway, we hope you enjoy the episode, guys. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you very soon. Bye, guys. Liz Watson of the Melbourne Vixens, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's been such a tumultuous time down in Melbourne over the last couple of weeks. So I figured I'd start with, before we go into the um, the big question, how is everything for you down in Melbourne right now? Because it's absolutely bonkers at the moment by the looks of it. <laughs> Hello, thank you so much for having me on. And yes, it has been pretty crazy down here, just when we thought we were out of Lockdown and everyone was so excited. We're back at training, kind of, I don't know, getting back to life a little bit, back to normal. And then obviously we've had a bit of a um, spike in cases. So we are back in lockdown. Um, it first was like the 10 postcodes or whatever it was. I was one postcode out of that. So I was like, oh. yeah, I can't go out. <laughs> but now we're kind of all in. So um, a little bit better in the fact that we can still go to training and, and I guess see the team still and, and we're not – you know, I haven't had to set up my garage gym again, which has been nice. But, yeah, it is a bit crazy. I think um, everyone's just been extra careful at the moment. Yeah, I can imagine, especially, like, with sports and stuff like that. And because the season's starting so late, like, this is the, the unpredictability of it is just killing everyone at the moment. Like, I, I can't even imagine, like, what the state is, not just for the Vixens, but also Collingwood, too, because, like... We as fans, we're still waiting for the draw to drop, and like the, the, the leagues, like the, the game's don't coming we, back. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> like the game's coming I back, know. and it's like okay, but like where yeah. can we see the games? <laughs> Absolutely, I know. And honestly, we are we are getting new information every single day, and that's not a word of a lie. There's uh, they call them live documents that are rolling through. They yeah. keep changing. Um, so yeah, we still haven't even seen the fixture or no, but. We have, um, yeah, hopefully head off soon to a potentially a hub style. Obviously, there's going to be no no netball in Victoria just for a little bit in the sense that we are meant to be starting on August 1st and it's just not safe to have teams and, and I guess, crowds and everything here. So, 
Fingers crossed it still goes ahead August 1st, we've been told it is. Yeah. So, um, Thank yeah, God. not sure who we're playing. Yeah. Now, there's one <laughs> I thing I sort of wanted your opinion on, um, and that's, I reckon we should just go straight into it. Um, obviously, Joe Weston um, came out with the clown car mm. comment, which was fabulous, just yes, quietly. Give, it, give <laughs> us some props. Uh, but for you, Super Shot, how does that change sort of the way you sort of see the game and your role, I guess, in the team? Does it change sort of how you guys have to practice feeding? and that sort of stuff. Maybe just run us through sort of how that's going to change for you this season. Yeah, it, it's going to be a massive change. Uh, I've only really experienced the two-point shot in, in the bushfire relief match that I was a part of at the start of the year, um, which was like a lifetime ago, but it was this year. <laughs> um, I, I can't even believe it. Um, so I haven't never played fast fire, so I haven't really experienced it then. So for me, when I heard it, I thought, you know, two-point shot was sort of almost like a bit of a, you know, a show and a gimmick and just something really exciting for the fans and to change up the game. I never thought that it's actually come into the traditional game. So it was a massive shock to everyone. And I think even now we've started to practice it more at training, obviously, and we've been doing a bit of match play. And, and you know, you look at the scoreboard and then you look at it again and you're four goals down when you were, you know, two goals up. So the score changes so quickly um, in that last five minutes. But I think we've just sort of gone with the mindset that we've got shooters that can shoot long range anyway so um you know they've got the license to go for those long shots in that two-point zone in that last five minutes but you know as feeders i think our our main role is just to get the ball to them and wherever they are they're just going to put it up kind of mentality i think you know the more we overthought it and tried to play it around and then get the shooter back out in the two-point zone it really kind of complicated it a bit too much and i think to be honest it's probably a bit more tricky for the defenders they're kind of a bit you know, struggling with how to actually... As always. I guess, as always, we always yeah. get pinned. <laughs> what's, what's bloody I know. new? I know, right? So they're kind of a bit like, oh, they're, they're passing it out when they thought they had the... You know, because as a, as a defender, you try and push them away from the post as much as possible. And then, I guess, in that two-point zone, you want to push them close to the post. So it kind of flips exactly what they've been trying to work on. So... Yeah, as a recorder, I'm actually like, this is great. I just have to do what I usually do and get the ball to the goalers. So I'm probably like the worst person about this because I'll just go ahead with, with my usual stuff. <laughs> what, what was what was the vibe like after the news sort of broke? Because obviously the Vixens have such like a an incredible talent pool. Like was there, the response obviously was pretty significant from what we saw, at least from like obviously Thwaites and, uh, and Weston. But was there like a general like, debrief like on the court at training or anything like that where people's heads just like exploding like what was the vibe like at Vixens yeah I think like straight away everyone was just in shock and not just because of the actual rule change but because no one saw it coming like <laughs> we found out half an hour before it was released um to the public Sorry. so that's how much we knew and even players like Joe who's part of the players association didn't really have an idea as well so we all found out on this phone call and we all thought it was it was to do with the season and it's going to be cancelled and something's happening with COVID. And then they throw this two-point shot in. So it was a massive, I guess, shock to everyone. And then I guess, um, you know, everyone had that little out <laughs> outburst and a bit of anger and mixed emotions. <laughs> but then once we got to training, Simone kind of said, look, guys, it is what it is. There is no way that we can change this rule now. So, like, let's not put our energy into it. We've sort of, you know, let, let the league and everybody know um, – the players and coaches' point of view, but at the end of the day, the decision's been made and, and they're not going to reverse it and we can't change it. So we've just got to sort of get on with it and practice it. So, um, yeah, I think once you said that, 
everyone was like, yeah, you know, you're so right. We've got to make the most of it and use it to our, our advantage. Yeah, because you're not going to sit out the season. You're not going to sit there and protest on the side of the court and be like, well, we're not playing until you yeah. get rid of this. <laughs> and also, you guys... There was talk that we all sit down in the last five minutes. I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm on the court. Too Yeah, but you get your rest, which is really important, you know. But also, you guys, as you said, you have good long shooters. So, I actually think you guys are kind of in the box seat now with Thwaites and Phil. Yeah. So, it kind of like... Absolutely. ...kills it. Yeah, you guys, like, uh, I understand, obviously, you're sort of outraged that you didn't get told, Mm. uh, which is appalling and, you know, definitely should have had more notice than that. But you guys are in the the box seat. You think about some of the other clubs that dropped all this money on, you know, big inside shooters and, yeah, they're not happy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we are. I think that was one of the main concerns of other clubs is that, you know, it can affect recruiting and, and to do that six weeks before a competition, you know, maybe clubs would have recruited differently if they had known. So, yeah, I guess you're lucky and we can throw MJ under the goal ring to get all the rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> that is a really good uh, idea. We'll send that plan out to all the other teams as well, just so that yeah. we've actually done a little bit of scouting for all of them on this episode. Yeah. Um, I, I figured we, 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 we rewinded a little bit because I'm genuinely curious and I think some of the listeners would be as well about what your netball journey is getting to where you are right now, where you're basically at the forefront of this incredible Vixens team. You've played and represented Australia on so many levels. Simone's probably going to be the Simone's Diamonds be the captain. <laughs> You're going to be the captain of the Diamonds too. <laughs> oh, that'd be a dream. <laughs> but so, where does Nepal start for you, Liz? Um, yeah, I've grown up in Victoria um, my whole life. So I'm, I've pretty much followed the Netball Victoria pathway to a T. I'm that girl that <laughs> sort of just followed the path that it set out. So I, I did start a little bit later. I was 12 years old. Um, I didn't do the net set go and all that junior stuff sort of moved a bit um, older. So I've got two brothers. So I did everything that they did growing up. And then I just got into netball through primary school in the school sport. I loved basketball, but my school didn't have basketball. They only had netball. So um, as you do, join that team. And then my friends said, why don't you come and play with me on a Saturday morning at my local club? And then I just got into it from there. So I play at Parkville at the State Netball and Hockey Centre, which is where the Vixens still train. So I've been going there for a long time now. But I, you know, Saturday mornings we're playing, coaching, umpiring, and just doing all, you know, you spend half your Saturday there loving netball. And then, yeah, I've kind of followed, um, I guess, the pathway. And then my Vixens opportunity came by quite unusual I was sort of um, just called in to train with the team um, just to get some experience and exposure and then I actually went away on a practice match with the group we went to um, Tasmania and it was before the 2014 season so um, we actually played against a game against the Mystics so my very first game as a Vixen or as a training partner with the Vixen was against Laura Blankman and <laughs> we played a six-quarter <laughs> oh, no. game and she had just run four quarters in centre and I was coming on for the fifth and sixth quarter to play centre. So I'd be on the bench the whole game. Came, I was like, surely I've got half a chance if this girl's just run four quarters in centre. But she just killed it. She ran six quarters in centre and I was just dead after two against her. So that was a bit of a... Um, <laughs> bit of a wow this is elite netball so yeah and then <laughs> got back to Melbourne and, and I was actually named in the team as Alyssa McLeod it was um, the centre at the time and she announced she was pregnant so she obviously had to pull out so 
a little bit different my journey. I came in feeling quite unfit and like I'd missed most of the pre-season. So, um, yeah, but that's that. We won the premiership that year, which older girls tell me never, ever happens. And I was like, this is amazing. First year as a Vixen, playing centre every game, won a premiership. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and then Bianca, Cass Cox, they're like, Liz, this never happens. Like, you are very lucky. And, and now I've played eight seasons, just about. And, yeah, you realise how hard they actually are. <laughs> you were just like, oh, okay, I'll just get another three. I'll just yeah. book myself in. I'll yeah, that I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> You've got the trophy cabinet yeah. set up and it's just like, yep, I'm going to yeah. be like, throwing stuff hey, in. you got exactly. one. One's good enough. Yeah. Some players <laughs> yeah. don't get any. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I, I, think, I think that leads us pretty nicely into, I, and this might be a pretty like sort of heavy question, but the, like the Vixens have been such a dominant force in the league for the last God knows how long now. I feel like it's just consistently amazing netball for however long I've been watching it for at least, at least like the last six years. But there's always sort yeah. of been a premiership hump for you guys. Like we've never seen you guys win that premiership over the last couple of years. Is there anything that you sort of look back on retrospectively and you would want to try and bring to the table this year? Obviously, like the season's much shorter and the circumstances are a bit different. But like, are you sort yeah. of able to give us sort of the insight into the club over the last couple of years and why there might have been the struggle to actually finally put the button on the on the story for your newest premiership? Yeah, it is, um, I guess, brought up every pre-season about why, you know, you reflect on the season before and, and what happened. And it's been frustrating because we've had, you know, when we are at our best, I feel like we are, are very good, but we're just very inconsistent. The last couple of seasons have showed that. And I think at this level, you you can't be inconsistent at all. And with the bonus points, you can't even have an inconsistent quarter at the moment. So I think for us, it was just like that, it wasn't, it wasn't the physical side, it was all the mental side. Like, why are we sort of, um, you know, breaking down in big games or certain times of the game? Um, and I think that's something that we've got to keep working at. And, you know, Simone's always trying to think of new ways to, I guess, fire us up at the start of the season, whether it's different pre-season camps or different mental challenges or just, you know, finishes at train, all these different things to try and fire us up for that mental challenge and, and it's difficult I don't I can't really you know if I knew the answer we'd be winning premiership but it's just that um yeah I don't know I feel like it's definitely the mental side of our game that we need to work on as collectively and we've had the same group pretty much the same core group for a few years now um so yeah you kind of wonder like we need to sort of what's going on we need to really figure this out because we definitely have the, the list to do it has has there been a different message given that the season's been so interrupted this year from Simone? Sorry, what was that? Is there is there a different? What's the message from Simone this year going into the season? Obviously, like it's been fractured so significantly by what's going on in the world. But did Simone give you yeah. a, a different message going into the start of preseason and going into the season in the next few weeks? Um, well, I guess at the, at the start of the season, you know, when everything, or the start of pre-season, everything seemed like the year would go ahead as normal and, and we'd have, you know, we'd been over to New Zealand playing some practice matches. We had a few practice matches lined up here all before COVID hit. So we were sort of ready to go. We were match fit. Everything was sort of ticking along quite nicely. And I guess now, obviously, there's been a massive change in, in the world, not just netball. And I think someone said something the other day that she read, um, a quote, I think it was an NFL player saying 2020 is always going to have that asterisk next to it as that year that wasn't the normal year. But 
she said that asterisk means that that is the hardest premiership to win because it's the most resilient and tough team that's going to win that. And I think having that mentality is that it, it throws every curveball. Like as an elite athlete, you're so routine-based, you're so structured, everything be at your best. But if an athlete can be at their best with all these ups and downs, you know, this is the longest pre-season that we've had. This is the longest, you know, the first lockdown was the longest time I've ever been off a court, which is about eight weeks. And then, you know, we're going to go into November, potentially December. That's a, like a massive year for netball. So I think all of these challenges are going to show that 2020 is going to be the best premiership to win. And it's going to have so much, I guess, um, satisfaction if you can do that. So, you know, I think Simone's got that hard edge mentality of, you know, the, the tougher, the better. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's yeah. not so good, but... Having that edge is that, you know, we, we can actually really, you know, win this and actually be a really great, resilient team because that's what it's going to take. Yeah, and I, I think we with the guests that we've had over the last couple of weeks, I think a lot of them have said the when if there's an asterisk on the season, you should look at it as a bad thing. You look at it as a positive okay. thing where you will honestly – all of your routines are screwed up. You've got to do all these things differently. The systems are changing. The fundamental mm. like part of netball has changed like for this season. So winning this season obviously feels like more of a monumental achievement than other seasons past. Obviously not to discount, you know, you know the Swifts and Lightning and the Firebirds and all that sort of stuff winning over the last couple of years. But this sort of thing yeah. where it obviously has to provide some sort of fire because if you write it off as a shortened season, oh, don't worry about it, then like you're not going to obviously play your best netball exactly right yeah and even on a personal level you want to have the best season that you have you know every single year you want to have a better season than the one before so you can't just sort of you know write this season off and be like oh we'll just wait till next year because your development's going to go back everything's going to go back a year um you know i feel sorry for the community netball that's all being cancelled here in victoria that's one year of netball that girls aren't going to be able to play so um, it's massive and you, you look at it, a whole year taken away, um, yeah, you've really got to make the most of it if you actually have the opportunity, which we, fingers crossed, do. Is, is there anything that you're really excited for this season? Obviously coming back to play, but are you sort of excited by, perhaps by the Super Shot being added because it's a different aspect of the game that's being added, whether it's good or not, you know, that remains to be seen. But is, is that something that you're excited for? Is there something that you try and look for that's new every year that, reignites your passion for the game? Um, yeah, I think obviously the two points going to change it completely, but I think I'm not really thinking about that too much. So I'm just excited. My favourite part of the week is honestly the match and having that two hours there playing the game. I even love that training when we just do match play. You know, I love training, but I hate drills. I hate skills. I'd rather just do match play all the time. <laughs> so there's something about just playing a match where you've just, you've got all this freedom just to sort of, you know, do what you need to do and not actually be restricted to um, different, I guess, rules and a drill and things like that. So for me, it's actually having confidence that I've had a really good pre-season. I feel really fit and strong and, um, yeah, just seeing how, how I guess, far I can get and how um, good I can get and that's the challenge each year. And I'm just excited to play, whether it's, you know, two games a week or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I think just getting out there is going to be the best. Fair enough. That sounds good. Would <laughs> well, better be. Yeah. I also think just seeing other players as well, like actually being able to interact with opposition teams. I have missed netball. It feels like it honestly feels like three years since last year. Because yeah. March went for like 
honestly, it felt like three years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it went did. so long. Um, now, sort of changing gears, um, diamonds. Now we have to ask the question: Do you know that Simone's going to be the, the coach? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Oh. I don't even know if <laughs> You haven't gone through a mail. Are you going I through have. a mail? Oh, I know. I should still have phone training or something. Yes. Um, but I have heard lots of you know, from um, different coaches and, I guess, commentators that they all love Simone and, and wish that she gets the role. So, um, you know, I know that if she does, she'll be amazing. But um, I don't even know if they've um, decided. I think it's being put out at the moment. So, obviously, COVID put a hold on that as well. Um, we were meant to have a, a diamond camp back at the start of the year, but obviously that got cancelled with the fact that they wanted to wait for the new coach to head that off. Um, so, yeah, we are planning to have some games in December, so hopefully I've got a coach by then. <laughs> yeah, you guys will be rocking up to the court just being like, all right, I guess we're just, you know, yeah. we're just playing the game. Like, <laughs> just wear it. It's yeah. just the theme of 2020. It'll be fine. Yeah, pretty how much. Do you, how do you think she's going to, like, okay, so hypothetically in a wonderful world, she gets the job. What mm-hmm. do you think are going to yeah. be the best qualities that she's going to sort of instill in the Diamonds program? Um, I think if you've never sort of been coached by Simone before, you can see that she's got that tough, hard, I guess, um, just winning mentality kind of ruthless edge. But then at the same time, she doesn't have any kids or anything. So our team is like her team of girls or her daughters. She looks after us so well off the court. And and if you don't sort of know her personally, you might not be able to see it up because of her coaching ability is just really tough and really hard. But, you know, she'll do anything for any of us and she'll always, you know, if something's wrong, she'll let us go away, stay home, do what we need to do. But I think that's good because then you have the respect so much of Simone because you know how much she respects you. So you have this great line of communication in, in that if I can't get to training because of something which would never really happen because I feel like I'm letting her down, but at the same time, she'll understand. Um, so, yeah, I think she'll just bring – she's obviously been a great player for Australia herself. So I think that's really important as well. Uh, <clears throat> kind of me, someone who has played, you know, she's probably one of the best wing defences Australia's ever had. So she knows what it's about. She knows it's in the hands of international netball. Um, and I think that's probably her best, yeah. Renee, Renee yeah, Ingalls just left the, the, the chat group. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this just in, there's a rift yeah. between Renee Ingalls and Simone McGinnis. <laughs> yeah. No, just yeah. <laughs> Um, obviously, um, 2019, probably a rough, you know, rough World Cup. Um, there's not really yeah. any other way to really put it. Um, no, that's okay. Uh, how did you sort of, what did you pull out of that series, I guess? Um, you know, against New Zealand, obviously losing by one point. Um, probably two questions yeah. here. What did you pull out of it and what's the first thing you did afterwards did you just go get some crispy creams and just smash them or what, what, what did you do uh, um well actually funny you say because the last probably week or so i oh know i think the world cup is like this time last year so my facebook and instagram is like on this day a year ago on this day a year ago i'm like oh, i don't no. care <laughs> i'm just waiting i think the grand final is coming up so i'm waiting for that day but um yeah it it obviously was like the you know, the whole World Cup was amazing. I had the best time, but just that last 30 seconds. And, and I knew that we were, like, 
you had 30 seconds, New Zealand had the ball. I kind of was like, oh no, it's happening all over again. Same thing at, you know, Com Games yeah. two years earlier. We're going to lose by a goal. And it, it was just, um, yeah, it was shattering. And I guess back in the change rooms, there's no talk. Everyone's a bit um, flat. Obviously, there's tears. And then our team manager comes in and says, we need someone to go out to do media. We need to speak to someone. Oh, no. And everyone was like in tears. I'm like, all right. So I run out there and, and quickly chat. And, you know, obviously the first question is, how do you feel? And I'm like, oh, God, hold it together. I'm fine. So I think, um, yeah, it was obviously shattering. But I guess we were in the... Um, we got changed in our track years and we're lining up sort of behind stage about to go out for our um, medal presentation. And, and it was actually, it was us, New Zealand and England. We were all a metre apart from each other, lining up there. And you know what? I absolutely have so much respect for New Zealand. And they're, they're probably the one team that's very humble when they win. Um, it's almost like they were sad for us, seeing us so sad. They just felt that hurt as well because we are sort of, friends because we you know play constellation cup we're traveling together when we're doing that we're kind of always around each other at international time so um you know yeah it obviously was shattering but had so much respect for the way that they went about their win and how they respected us and, and how we were feeling um but yeah after after that got our medals and and we had the night to sort of hang out with family and friends we had a, a little function around the corner from the hotel um and then just pretty much stayed out all night and had a good night. So <laughs> dancing with the Scottish team, they were teaching me some Scottish dancing on the dance floor. So, you know, <laughs> it was actually, <laughs> it was pretty fun at, at the end of the day when we sort of went out and had fun. And then, um, yeah, pretty much had to get on a plane straight away the next morning to get back for Super Netball. So didn't really have much time to think about it, really. Did you, um sort of on reflection, does that, I know how we have this culture in Australia where, sort of in, in nipple circles, gold is basically it. Um, but did you sort of reflect and think, you know, this is still a silver medal, we still came second? Like on reflection, does that sort of make it easier or is it just a case of like it's not gold, I'll put it in the drawer? Yeah, I think being an Australian netballer, you have that expectation that you're going to win gold or at least be in that gold medal match and we've had so much success in the past. So I think what opens my eyes is that we train at the Victorian Institute of Sport. So we cross over with lots of different athletes all the time and most of them are Olympians or Winter Olympians. And, you know, they come in and have their stories about winning a silver medal and it's like the most amazing thing. They've just won silver at World Champs. And I'm like, that's so, that's exactly what we've just done. We've won silver in a World Championship. Like, that's amazing and that's something that you can't really um, take away from, well, you can't take away from us ever. So I think... Yeah, just comparing us to these individual athletes at the Institute who are still, you know, working really hard, going away to their world champs and coming back with silvers and being so excited. Um, you think, yeah, you know what? I'm so happy and proud of what we've just done. And, um, yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, it's, it's you still placed among, like second among the best. Mate, I'll take us. Give me a silver medal. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Show oh, my yeah, kids. I know, it was. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, actually, I should say yeah. I'm not going to have children, but I don't know. My nieces are <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, 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 hanging up in your house. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Actually, just on the front door, so people when people come to the front door, they know. Oh, 100. percent That would be in a frame Absolutely. or a glass box. <laughs> yeah, under lock and key. <laughs> oh, um, I, I figured we'll sort of start to wrap things up, but you've been sort of a leader within the diamonds over the last couple of years. 
taking over the, the previous sort of leadership group. Has that been like difficult for you to manage on a personal and professional level? Because like the people that came before you were just obviously the, the best players in the country and the country you've seen in that, at that period of time. But like, what's that sort of mindset for you being part of that group? Yeah, I think the, the thing that I love most is that you're put into that group from the players and, and the team. They vote on who they want in their leadership group. And for me, like just being myself and I'm someone who probably leads more by actions rather than talking. And um, that's something I've always advised. Just, you know, you can't say something and then not be able to back it up and do it yourself. So I've always gone out there and played my best or tried to play at my hardest and, and work hard at every session just to show that, um, you know, a great leader is someone who can actually just set the standards just in every day. So I think for me, having been named in the leadership group, I remember we were at the AIS and, you know, you say, um, you actually have to stand up and say three votes, such and such, two votes, such and such, and, and it just gets tallied up on the whiteboard. And then whoever's got the most tallies at the end is the captain and vice captain and all leadership group. But I guess... Um, when Gabby Simpson wasn't named in the World Cup team, Lisa called me and said, you know, you've got the next most votes. We'd love to put you up there as, as vice-captain. And I think just having that belief that it's come from the team, it's come from the group, um, it just gives you so much confidence as a leader and someone, yeah, I think that's the most important thing. If it came from a coach or, um, you know, one person, where's the buying from the team or where's the belief from the team? So, yeah, that's probably been the most special thing about it. Yeah, that's really sweet. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Because some teams, yeah. just, the coach just says, oh, no, this is the captain. Yeah. Everyone has to deal. But yeah. the fact that they all get to vote is really good. Mm. Yeah, and it's sort of said in front of everybody. Everybody, there's no secrets. There's no, I guess, hiding behind who you want to be your leaders. Um, but then we always speak about um, being a team that's full of leaders. You know, we've got captains, at, you know, players in the Diamonds who are captains back home at their club, so they're just as equal leaders as everybody else. So that makes that's what makes it so strong is that everyone's got that experience in leadership. And once you become a diamond or at that level, you've got some natural leadership qualities, 100%, I believe that, because that's what it takes to be a great netballer as well, is that you need to have some sort of leadership qualities. Do you, do you walk back into the Vixens facilities after playing the Diamonds, like floating, being like, yes, I have arrived once more? And are the Vixens, are, are the rest of the team in awe of your, like, you, you, you're the co captaincy, the vice captaincy? Um, probably not. They just think I'm, the, no. They're just like, <laughs> oh, God, here she comes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'll pop her head now. It's like going home to, you know, your family and your brothers just you know, get into you for something. So it's probably like that, going home to all my sisters and bringing me back down to earth. But um, no, I think we're, I'm so close with the girls of the Dixons and they're so proud of everything that we achieve individually as well. And I guess, um, you know, there's a few diamonds in the Dixons environment. So to be able to share the experiences with them and then come back and share with the Dixons, um, yeah, it's pretty special. Well, I'd love, I'd love um, if... <laughs> You became captain. Simone was the coach, and then Maloney got a go. I would be very yes. excited. Yes. I've been harping on. I think I we have been had an years. angry pod. We had an angry pod when she got when she just missed out. Yeah, um, last time. Yeah. So I would love to see her uh, give it a go yeah. with Ash Brazel too. The three of you. Yeah. That'd be a mess. Yeah. That'd- yeah, she's been um she's super fit and strong at the moment. So I think she'll have a great. 
a great year as she always does. And yeah, like you said, she's come very, very close so many times. So yeah. Make sure you tell her, tell her that we believe in her. We're her, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're her biggest yeah. fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, know, I know that'll she change like her. Who? Yeah, she's Who's like, who? Oh, okay, that's great. Sure, They're on the D list. <laughs> yeah. We're no, she'll run out there thinking of you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> she'll shout us out on the broadcast, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to um, mention her MVP award speech, yeah. everything. <laughs> uh, one, one last question. If there was one word that you would sum up the potential for the Vixen season in 2020, what would it be? Uh, oh, one word. Um, it doesn't have to be one word, but I figured one word. Just, <laughs> a phrase. A phrase. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, a phrase. I think um, something to do with having fight and just, I guess, not revenge, but, you know, we want to have that fight and that ability to show that we can win and we will win at all costs. So I think it's that, yeah, relentless attitude that I'm giving you about 10 words, but <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of um, attitude that we've got that mongrel in us that we're going to, um, yeah, go all the way. I reckon long-range snipers because you guys are just going to be dropping oh, yeah. those yeah. twos. Actually, sorry, Definitely. second last question. <laughs> um, in training, <laughs> in training, that two-point, um, like how accurate are uh, you guys going? Like are you guys smashing it or? MJ's been smashing it actually. Oh, and wow. The point, to the, the point where she doesn't take a one-shot ever because <laughs> <laughs> She didn't realise it was only the last five minutes. Ah. <laughs> she, <wants to hold. laughs> she was just taking them oh, all the time no. and we kind of just let her go. <laughs> I think Simone, Simone said to them, go wild. I don't care if you miss, I want you to all practice it yeah. in the last five minutes. And she just sort of went for the whole 15 minutes just taking these two pointers. <laughs> didn't realise until we told her it's only the last five minutes. But no, she's been killing it and I think... Um, she has so much confidence oh, and so it was so great. The day we found out about it, we came to train the next day and we, we were in a huddle chatting about it and Simone was just like, you know, to the goal is, so how do, you, how do you guys feel about it? Like, what, what do you need from us? And MJ was just like, oh, nothing, I can shoot. i got this, all good. And then she just <laughs> went for it. So I think you need to have that mentality. So, you know, she's shooting the ball and as she's shooting, the ball hasn't even gone in the ring and she says to herself, shot, like it's a good shot. Like she's praising herself <laughs> before it's even gone in. Wow. So That's I think you've got to have Confidence. that. Confidence. Yeah, it's it. good. I know. And then if she doesn't, she'll pretty much rip Emily's head off to get the rebound. So <laughs> it's, um, she's very competitive, the most competitive. She probably doesn't look at it, but she's the most competitive person that I know. Oh my yeah, god! Wow, that's exciting. Um, I'm excited for this. She'll season. have a yeah. <laughs> it will be interesting. Yeah, and the rolling subs as well. We've been talking oh, about that. That was a bit chaotic for a bit. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of people forgot about the rolling subs. To be completely honest, yeah, that was one uh, thing that we were just like we sort oh, of yeah. overplayed it in practice match. So it just went a bit crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> we're looking at those yeah, um, that be- Commonwealth Bank Trophy games on YouTube and just going, "What game's that?" <laughs> 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 anyway, oh, we better let you go. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Um, no thank worries. you so much oh, uh, for coming on, Liz. Um, uh, obviously, no all the worries. best into the season and, and stay as safe stay as possible. Stay safe, and, yeah. Um, fingers crossed yeah, the, uh, the hub stuff should, works um, out. We should touch base halfway through and see if I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, we'll just we'll shoot, we'll shoot yeah. you a quick a quick text and just yeah. be like, Liz, you're alive, and if you yeah. don't respond, <laughs> that we know. Like, <laughs> good luck with the COVID test too, because they're a pain yeah, they're when they go down. I've seen them oh, go down I people's had it noses. Actually, oh. yeah, it wasn't um, pleasant. It's like when you've sort of 
got water up your nose and you got that tingly yeah. feeling. Ooh. So yeah. it's nasty. I wouldn't yeah, wish it on anyone. Not but- the best. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show, Liz. Obviously, no all the worries. best for the season, and um, hopefully, we can catch up at some stage later in the year that we can have a chat and see where you're Say at. Say congrats Absolutely. to Simone. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it. Which is the case. Got it. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. Thanks, guys. See you later. See ya. See ya.